2: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Lothunderpod.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show... We're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Raptors. The Thunder pulled off a wins. FEMA Kailuk looked really good. We have to, of course, praise Mark Dignot and so much more. But today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app or jo- and join me every single week on Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time to get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. So download the Locker Room app on the iOS store, and whenever you do that, add me, Rylan underscore style, same as Twitter, R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So let's get into this game between the Thunder and the Raptors. We're going to go over the big stories and, of course, do the MVP, do the bet of the game, and all of that fun stuff. But we start the way we always do with the game overview. And in this game, SGA was out, of course, with that plantar fasciitis, Mark, Dignock did start his pregame press conference with us and told us that SGA would be reevaluated in mid-May. Now, this is not that he's going to play in mid-May. This is going to get reevaluated in mid-May, and then you start a timeline from there. So it seems like we've seen the last of SGA this year, but their next touchpoint with SGA comes mid-April. That was kind of confusing for some people to kind of read on Twitter, uh, but this does not mean that Shea returns to play in a couple weeks in mid-May. He, he's going to get reevaluated again and set a timeline in mid-May uh, for a return, which could be this season, and it could not be this season. So we'll, we're still kind of up in the air for that, but he'll be re-evaluated in mid-May, so he's at least out until then. Darius Baisley continues to be out with that shoulder injury. Lou Dort is out with the concussion protocol. Alexa Pokoshevsky is out with health and safety protocols, which is something that the Thunder have not dealt with a lot this year, but Poku is out with health and safety. Ty Jerome is is out with a ankle injury, which is kind of just a sore ankle. But for him, you really want to take good care of that ankle. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him load manage his back-to-back on Friday, Saturday, because the ankle injury has kept him out of the first half of the season. Remember, I mean, he had that ankle injury the first day of training camp whenever a guy just lands on his ankle uh, and he can't play until the G League bubble. Like that was at like the halfway point it felt like of the season. So you really do not want to take that ankle injury lightly for uh, Ty Jerome. I would be shocked if he plays both ends of the back-to-back, but he is very young, and so maybe it is just a sore ankle and he can play both ends of the back-to-back. But do you really want to take your time with that ankle injury for Ty Jerome? Mike Muscala was still out with his ankle injury. And then for the Raptors, they had their best guys besides Kyle Lowry, He was out with a left leg or left foot infection. But the Raptors had their best guys. I mean, I mean, they had Fred Van Vliet. They had Gary Street Jr. They had Pascal Siakam. Uh, they had the, the coach of the year. And they had who's considered the best coach in the NBA, Nick Nurse. They had OG. I mean, they they had their guys in this one. And the Thunder, this is their entire roster that was available to them. Taylor Malvon, Steve McIlewk, Kendrick Williams, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, Justin Jackson, Josh Hall, Darius Miller, and Tony Bradley. So you had two guys in Justin Jackson and uh, Darius Miller who were were completely shut down prior to this game. Just we're not getting minutes whatsoever. Not to mention the two-way guy that's straight out of high school in Josh Hall, the undrafted players like Josh Hall, like Moses Brown, and the rest, the second-round picks. This roster should not be good enough to beat O.G. Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., and Fred Van Vliet at the stage of their career, third. I know that Fred Van Vliet and these guys, you know, some of them were undrafted too and second round picks too. But at the stage that these guys are in, this roster should not have really competed. And with the injury news of both sides, right? So with the Kyle Lowry news and with the Thunder news, the Thunder were seven and a half point underdogs. Like like this, this game should have gone to Toronto's way, and it didn't. A starting lineup of Tayl see C Luke. Kendrick Williams, Isaiah Robian and Moses Brown. They beat the Raptors by 10 points in this one. And they really took control in that second half. And they dominated the Raptors in in a lot of facets like rebounding, which we'll get to in a second. And it's just impressive to watch what Mark Dignott's doing. And at this point, I'm convinced that there's, there is no team that wouldn't be competitive with Mark Dignott. You you could give him anybody and, and he'd be a competitive coach and with a competitive team and, they hang in games. I think if you gave him the best AAU high school team right now, he could take it to the NBA floor, and he wouldn't be beat by twenty. I, he is a really, really good coach. It's unbelievable how how good he is, and to go up against Nick Nurse with Toronto's season really on the line. I mean, this is a de- this is a dejecting loss for Toronto. Like I, I know that. They have a you know worse record than the Thunder do right now, uh, but they are in a playoff chase, and the Thunder are not. Like the Thunder have a point 0.1% chance of making the postseason, even with their record right now sitting above Toronto you know, with with two more wins than Toronto does. But Toronto's in the Eastern Conference, and Toronto can could easily get back in that hunt in the Eastern Conference, whereas Oklahoma City has more of an uphill battle in the Western Conference just by the projection of each side. Oklahoma City also is not in a stage where they want to win, like like you can throw it even the taking there like, even if you don't believe in tanking, they, they, they are prioritizing young players over prioritizing going to that play in. So they don't really give a damn about the play in. They just give a damn about developing players and getting Moses Brown minutes and getting other guys minutes like that to our Toronto. Their only objective this year is the playoffs. Like there is no other agenda. They, they are trying their hardest to get the playoffs and they still had a shot. And now you lose four straight. And in that mix, you've lost to Detroit and Houston and Oklahoma city that, that, That is not a good sign, and that's not a good thing for this season for the Thunder or for Toronto. It seems like Toronto is just a bad basketball team, and Toronto's had a season from hell. I mean, they've had COVID. They've had three of those stars that we mentioned, you know, Fred Van Vliet and and, uh, OG and Pascal Siakam had COVID and lost like 15 pounds and have a tough time conditioning now, and they can't get their strength back, and and they're having a lot of difficulties with, with COVID, and they're not playing in Toronto. They're playing in Tampa, so they're playing every single game on the road. They've had a terrible season in all phases of the word. But it's still impressive at the end of the day to take a team that we just mentioned and beat Toronto, who it has this champion, cachet, who has the all-star, who has the best coach in the NBA, Nick Nurse. And I know it's one regular season game, but it's what we've been seeing Mark do time and time again. Uh, Mark Dagnott deserves to be in the coach of the year discussion. And, and he's not going to win it because you can't win the coach of the year whenever you win less than 30 games or however many they're going to end up with. He's not going to win it, but he deserves to be in the conversation and deserves to get votes because what he's doing is is thoroughly impressive with a bunch of guys who were outcasted at their last spot. I mean, I put out a, a tweet yesterday uh, on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S talking about Kendrick Williams. And Kendrick Williams is now... Very effective. That was not the case in in New Orleans, by the way. But right now, he's 11th in the league in field goal percentage and 8th in the league in 30-point percentage. And a couple popular New Orleans Pelicans beat writers just kind of retweeted it or quote-tweeted it, and it got a ton of New Orleans fans in there, and they were saying... Why couldn't we develop Kendrick Williams? Why couldn't he do this in in New Orleans? Like, What's the difference in New Orleans and Oklahoma City? And some of that is roster construction. Some of that is just the very nature of him getting opportunities. But it's not like his attempts have gone through the roof. He's just being uh, in a better spot to be successful and in a better place for him. And and I think that you're seeing taking Isaiah Roby, who was, again, an outcast by Dallas, and they wanted an upgrade for him from Malik Ali-Stein. He was hurt a lot, and no one really knew what his future held and making him a very good player. I mean, like, you can go down the line on this roster of guys who were just given away by their last spot. And Mark Dignott's good enough to keep this team competitive and win games and beat teams like Toronto. Because you you can say whatever you want to about being professional athletes and it's, it's their job. But when you lose and have a losing streak, and at every turn you're getting punched in the face by your front office, right? Every turn in the offseason, you're trading away. All your good players. You're trading away Chris Prawl, You're trading away Gallinari. You're on the sign and trade. You're trading away Dennis Schroeder. You're purposely making this team bad in the offseason. There's no doubt about that. Then you get to the season, and you get George Hill. You get Al Horford. You get these veterans who are not supposed to be very good. You're supposed to be the, the the second, third worst team in the Western Conference, which you are right now. And you start out really good. You start out really good. You start out fun, competitive, scrappy. Uh, there was the there was the moment in time where you were. Better than the Heat and the and the Rockets, so the pick you'd get would not be would not be your own. You get the two best of those two picks if, if Houston fell out of the top four. You, know, you start out really good, and then Al Horford shut down, and then you trade George Hill, and then you start sitting uh, SGA, and he's out now for the season. What feels like you start sitting Mike right Scala, who's having one of the better years of his career, and can really help you win basketball games. There are moments where Lou Dortz having the whole maintenance and having the load management routine, even though he's you know 21 years old, 22 years old. Tail Meldon has load managed a bit in this season. And then now you have Darius Bazley, who's not played in the second half of this year due to a shoulder injury. Like at every turn, either via injury, via the GM and the front office tanking, at every turn, this team has been slapped across the face and tried to be dismantled. And yet they still bounce back. And that's, that has a lot to do with Mark Jagnot. I cannot stress that enough. A, a team like this, has every reason to quit. A team like this that's constructed in this way and that the agenda is clear for everybody involved has every reason not to care. But Mark Degout has pulled them together and has made them care. And it goes back to Justin Jackson and Darius Miller, who we're going to get to, and I'll talk about how that is the case coming up. But first, I want to tell you, my good friends, over at Sony Podcasts. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast I think you're really going to love called Death of the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, writer and the director of the big short, Vice, and Anchorman. 1980s basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J become household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of basketball that captivated TV audiences. But along the way to wealth and stardom, the excess of the 80s took a toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who were ready to become star faces, tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who live through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. Look, it's no surprise that I'm 23 years old and didn't get to watch the 80s basketball. Didn't go to watch Magic Johnson and, and Dr. J but I love learning about it. That's why I love The Last Dance so much. And now I will love this podcast as a resource to bridge the gap between the two generations. If you love The Last Dance or 30 for 30, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcast from and start listening today. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Follow us anywhere you get your podcast from because we're daily and doing this Monday through Friday every single day and never missing a show Monday through Friday. So I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Locked on Today podcast. Get all the sport news in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Updates you on the latest news of every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Lockdown Daily Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. So I want to dive back into this game against Toronto. We talked all about Mark Tate in that first segment, and I alluded to Justin Jackson and Darius Miller. Now, yesterday, I praised Justin Jackson and Darius Miller for staying engaged on the bench, And, and Justin Jackson especially has been incredible on the bench where he's still hyping up his teammates and still being involved in the game, even while he's been shut down and not playing for what feels like an eternity. That's a long time to not play. And then... They get thrusted into this game to where the Thunder have literally no other option. They have to go to Justin Jackson for 24 minutes and they have to go to Darius Miller for 18 minutes. And in this game, these two play really good basketball. And I do not think it should be discounted how hard this is to do. I know it's their job. I know that they're professionals, but it's hard. It's one thing to say that you're going to stay ready. It's another thing to actually stay ready. And then it's another thing on top of all of that for two guys who are, coming up and impending free agents who nobody expects this team to bring back. And it's not a money thing. It's a simple roster construction thing and a simple roster spot thing where you can use those roster spots on somebody else. You know, nobody expects Justin Jackson or Darius Miller to be back here next year. They have every reason to go out in 20 minutes and not play team basketball, just play their own game, try to hunt their own shots and not let the game come to them and just be disruptive a bit. You know, just be, a disruptive force. And yet, in this game, whenever they finally got on the action and they finally got on the court for a substantial amount of time, 24 minutes and 18 minutes, they continued to play within Mark Dagnott's system. They continued to play team basketball. They continued to play the way that this offense and the way that this defense is designed to do. And they gave their best foot forward for each and every possession. And I think that that's also going back to Mark Dagnott for getting these two guys to buy in who are at the point of their careers where they're veterans. I mean, Darius Miller's 31 years old and Justin Jackson's been in the league for about three years. He's, he's 26 years old. They understand how the game's played. And I mean that by the business side of things, like they understand that in these 24 minutes and 18 minutes, there's nothing that they can do to earn back a spot in the rotation. Nothing. They could go out there and and be 14 of 14 and they would not be put back in that rotation. That's not the direction of this team. And they know that, there's really nothing they can do to be a part of this team moving forward for the most part, right? But yet they still had enough respect for this organization and for their teammates and for Mark Day not to go out there, be professionals, and play a role. And look around the NBA. I mean, look at John Wall a couple Sundays ago against Oklahoma City to where he is in a position to where he's no longer the guy. They're trying to groom and grow Christian Wood. They're trying to get him to be the guy. They knew they were a to the depot. And they knew John was not a part of their future. And so the final play that tried to beat Oklahoma city coming out of a timeout was supposed to go to Christian wood. And instead John wall says, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. that I'm not in the plans here. I don't care that this is not for me. I'm going to do what I want to do whenever I'm getting minutes. So I'm going to jack up a shot. Now these two players don't have the same cachet as John wall, but that's another example of guys who will go and deviate from the plan of the team. For their own selfish benefits, and these two guys didn't do that. Like it, it's not that's not as common as it seems in Oklahoma City and, and the rest of the NBA. Does not operate in this kind of utopic area the way it seems that Oklahoma City does. It's it's impressive, and it goes back to Mark Dayton. But in this game, McKay Luke stole the show. It's been very impressive to watch Sue Luke with Oklahoma City, and I said at the time of the trade that his numbers would go up. I, I said that his percentages will go up for sure in this system with Oklahoma City. But it's not just that he's catching and shooting. It's not just that he's hitting four threes and going four for eight from beyond the arc, 50%. Like, it's not just that. He's doing more in his game than he has before. It's filling the lanes right in transition. It's, it's getting those fast break dunks, getting ahead of the defense. It's creating his own shot with the ball in his hands. Now, a lot of this will go away once you are on a good team. And once you're on a team where, where everyone's healthy, because at the end of the day, I don't want Simakai Luke to be having to create for himself. His his trait is to catch and shoot and be a, a good, good, good option for SGA to have the drive and kick. But it's good that he's doing other things, and, and, and he's experimenting with what he can do, and he's thriving in that. I mean, I, I've i enjoyed watching him do those step backs and create off the dribble things that I, I hardly ever saw him do in college, much less at the NBA level. So do I think that he'll often create off the dribble for himself and that he will just be this... Ball-dominant guard? No, I think that that's kind of a product of the system, right? It's kind of a product of who's around him. There's no Ty Jerome in this game. They're, they're really only true ball handlers, Tail Maldon, that's available tonight. And, of course, fittingly, Svi's going to have the ball more in his hands and, and dribble more and create off the dribble more. However, I do not think that his game dissipates whenever these players return. I think that there's still a very good role and quality role for Svi whenever these players return. It's just not going to look the same. So he might still be able to score you 22 points and still be able to get you 15 to 20 points a night. But it won't be the same route to get there. I think it'll look a lot more like Ty Jerome looked whenever he was with SGA, whenever he's benefiting from the drive and kick. And then from there, he's a really good facilitator of moving the ball to the next destination. Not necessarily a good creator in the sense of what she's doing with it, which is just kind of doing more stuff off of the dribble. Because once you are healthy, you'll have a lot more cooks in the kitchen show to say you have a lot more guys who demand the dribbling responsibilities to where Svi kind of gets faced out of that a bit and goes on to his other very good trait, which is catching and shooting. But Svi was really, really good in this game. He not only gets 22 points, but he gets 19 rebounds. And he's more athletic than I think people gave him credit for. And in this game, one of those rebounds was a rebound where he storms in from the perimeter on a missed free throw and gets a nice putback, and I believe he got fouled on that play as well. Like he, he is disruptive. And he's a really talented player, and I think that the Thunder are going to want to keep him around. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get extended before the year's out. But if you wait till the offseason, it's no big deal. And, and Nick Crane of Forbes asked him. After the game, if he wanted to stay in Oklahoma City long term and he he praised the the organization, he said he loves it here and everything that goes with that. And I think that this might be his very best spot he's ever been in and and the best organization where he feels more comfortable already, even though it's only been a couple weeks in Oklahoma City, that he can really tell that this is the good environment to develop in. And I'm excited to see where it goes for him. Whenever this trade was first made, I didn't think or didn't know if he would be re-signed or if he would be brought back, but he's shown exactly what he needs to show. And and again, when the trade happened, I knew that his percentages would go up. I knew that by the very nature of this team, his percentages would go up. But it's the way that they're going up. It's the way that he's performing. It's the way that he's getting to these spots and getting to these numbers that is so impressive to me, not just the numbers themselves. On tomorrow's show, I want to do a way too early look at the roster next year and kind of map out okay, who is the locks for this roster? who's still kind of on the bubble, who do we need to monitor moving forward in this season, and all that. I think it'll be really fun. So I want you to tweet me your locks on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore Styles. Tweet at me who your locks are for next year's roster and, and who you would be upset about if Sam Presti did not bring back. So coming up, we're going to talk more about this game, including praising Moses Brown, Josh Hall, Isaiah Roby, talk about the Raptors, and Bali Sports made their debut as the official TV partner of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, I want to tell you, Better good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered from the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sport book experts. Use the promo code locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You will find out in just a little bit how I did on the bet of the game today with the Oklahoma City Thunder game against the Toronto Raptors. We bet on every single Thunder game, so bet on there over at betonline.ag, promo code locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Now it's time to talk about Built Bar March Madness. We've been telling you for a long time about Built Bar. It's the very best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is amazing. It's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. It's amazing, and it's tasting great, and it's 100% real chocolate outside of every single bar. But it's March Madness, and, and today is April 1st. Today's time to crown the champion of the March Madness from Bilt Bar. And today's matchup to crown that champion is Cookies and Cream against Coconut Brownie Chunk. Go vote for Cookies and Cream, stuff to ballot boxes at BiltBar.com, and go on Twitter at Bar underscore built to be a part of crowning the champion and crowning the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Trust me, Cookies and Cream is amazing, but so is Coconut Brownie Chunk. I think these are two... Of the best ones, and these are the two best ones to where we got the tournament right and we did the right thing here. You cannot go wrong with either choice, but I personally really enjoy cookies and cream. But the rest of our hosts on the locked in NBA side and, and even the locked in MOB side love, love the cookie, the coconut chunk bar. It's amazing. So try it out today. Billboard.com use our promo code Locked15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked15. To get 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com, check back to see who won the entire tournament at BiltBar.com. We are back on Locked on Thunder when this podcast is over. Check out Locked on NBA Draft with our good friend Mavs Draft and so many more. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked on NBA Draft podcast Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Lockdown NBA Draft podcast on Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's wrap up this game against the Toronto Raptors. We've already talked about Mark and Sfee and Justin Jackson, and now it's time to talk about Moses Brown because the Thunder absolutely dominated this game on the glass. They got 64 rebounds in this one, and the Raptors only got 35. Moses Brown was awesome in this one, and and he records another double-double. He goes 20 points, 12 rebounds, and it wasn't just the 12 rebounds that helped the Thunder dominate. It was him and and his presence and and allowing others to get rebounds in that way with his body and boxing out and things like that. But Moses Brown continues to be a very productive player and putting up stats and getting the 2012 Knights. And I think that the rebounding is the difference in this one. I mean, you created that many more possessions whenever you, or or get second chance opportunities and things like that, whenever you win the wing rebounding edge. And also the Thunder on that 64 total for the uh, rebounds, 45 of them came on the defensive glass compared to just 28 defensively from Toronto. That's the Thunder shutting down possessions and not allowing OG or, or Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. to have additional chances. And, and even without those additional chances, Gary Trent Jr. was incredible, and he scores 31 points in this game. As the headline trade for Norman Powell, I think Toronto got the better player in Gary Trent Jr., and, and you're seeing that right now as he goes 6-for-11 from beyond the arc, 12-for-22 from the floor. That's both 54% from each, the floor and, and beyond the arc. Gary Trent Jr. was the reason this game was even close. He's the only one that consistently brought it for the entire length of the game. And you can point to the goaltend that wasn't called on Sfima Luke, which I think would have turned the game, so it's a good point, and that's a good you know, place point to point to. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win very many games whenever you get out-rebounded. And whenever you shoot as a team, 34% from beyond the arc compared to the Thunder is 42% from beyond the arc. And again, the Thunder were more efficient from the floor as well. So you're, you're not going to win many games like that, even despite that to that was not called. But Moses Brown's just a disruptor. And in this game, he, he gets the line nine times because what are you supposed to do with him? And, and when now he's not only getting the, there to the line, but he's converting. He goes six for nine from the free throw line. Isaiah Roby had a really nice game in this one, including a clutch three-pointer to really seal this game a bit. 17 points, 10 rebounds, he has looked phenomenal at that power forward position. I really like him there more so than center, and, and I'm glad that he's showing off that he can actually do it, and he's athletic enough to do it. I, I love watching Isaiah Roby play basketball, and I've been on Isaiah Roby Island forever, and it, it it's so funny watching all you guys tweet at me about Isaiah Roby whenever he does anything good. I, I keep that coming for sure, but Roby, Roby it, it, it's so funny watching the pathway of Roby and the trajectory of Roby. He went from in the preseason – you fans were mad that the Thunder did not cut him in favor of Frank Jackson, and now he's just kind of expected to to be good and expected to be a quality player to where he doesn't steal the headlines whenever he has a really good game. The same way that Zvi stole the headlines for 22 points and the same way that Moses Brown has been studying the headlines forever. Isaiah Robich just kind of ho-hum. He did 17 points and 10 rebounds. I, I, Isaiah Robich really good, and this was not expected from him uh, for the majority of people. And you find a, you find a nice contributor in this season for... Justin Patton, like you traded Justin Patton to get a nice contributor in Isaiah Roby. I want you to check out Lockdown Raptors because I have a feeling that they're going to start tanking because they're just really bad. And again, in this stretch, they've lost to Oklahoma City. They've lost to Detroit. They've lost to Houston. And if the Toronto Raptors do start tanking without Kyle Lowry for, I think it was seven to 10 days, at least, if they truly do start tanking, that is terrible for the Thunder. That's another team in their way to where the Thunder keep getting pushed back and back and back to where this season might come down and might end up in the worst possible spot, which was the only bad outcome of this year, was ending up eight or nine in the lottery system, and if they do end up eight or nine in the lottery system, it's not without trying. I mean, we went through it at the top of the show. They tried. They tried their hardest to lose, and just as you can build competitive teams who try to win a championship and fail, you can build tanking teams who try to who try to tank and fail. Bali Sports, though, made their debut yesterday as the official broadcast partner of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it was a rocky debut, to say the least. After all the preparation that went into it, after all the marketing, after all the reminders about Baldi Sports, it starts out where DirecTV customers get blocked out of the game, which was just a total fail on Baldi Sports on their part, uh, to not have that solved with TV beforehand. And then the scoreboard is, like, it, it, the score bug situation is straight out of 2011, like it's it's the it's that long chalky bulky scoreboard completely reversed from the modern era of what scorebooks are supposed to look like, and it reminds me of whenever it was Fox Sports Net and whenever it was like 2011 and the, the if you remember the old Fox Sports graphic was this long strip of scoreboard that was kind of gray and had like advertisers and then Fox Sports Net on the little on the on the uh, right hand side. It reminded me a lot of that where we we're way back there, and I wonder how the experience was on mobile devices, because typically that that's not very good for small screens. I have a huge scoreboard, why so I've kind of reduced the scoreboards uh, constantly over the years. And it took a little bit to, to update the scoreboard. Like it was not instantaneous, and maybe that will get solved throughout the games. This is their first effort and their first go around. And I'm sure they're going to learn from all of this. And then I did enjoy, though, the pre-produced graphics. I, I enjoyed the stat graphics, where they'd show like, oh, Moses Brown has 20 points or whatever, and they'd show comparisons that way. Those type of graphics, I really enjoyed those. And then the, just the overall color scheme, the, the bright red and the and the gray, blackish st- type stuff. That was an adjustment from the old kind of darkish Fox Sports look where it's like a dark navy and it's not really bright on your eyes. It took a bit of an adjustment to, to look at the Bali Sports. But overall, I'd give it a solid C-plus debut, which of course is not what you want your first taste to be like. But they're going to improve from here and get better. But Bali Sports was, eh, it, it was all right. The bet of the day outcome, I had Oklahoma City plus seven and a half, and that, of course, cashes in because the Thunder went outright. The money ball outcome, I had th- I had Taylor Maldon, and it was Sfema Kailuk, who hit four, three. So if you had Sfema Kailuk, you win the money ball for the Raptors game. The MVP is a coin toss for me. I know Sfema Kailuk will be everyone's choice. He played good defense. He had a really good productive night offensively. But Moses Brown also had a really big impact and, and really helped you win this game to the point where it's hard to exclude him. I'm going to go with Svee Mikhailuk in this one, but it's really tough to not give it to Moses Brown. But since Moses Brown got the Michael Bolcher Award yesterday, I'm going to give the MVP to Svee Mikhailuk. We will be back tomorrow mapping out next year's roster, doing a fun rankings of the fun players to watch of this year's team, and previewing the back-to-back ahead against Phoenix and Portland. We will see you then. Subscribe and follow the Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time. On Locked On Thunder. What a perfect ending to a historic day!
2: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.